How can you be great about being a leader? How can you be intentional about being better at leading and equipping others today? As you live intentionally, you will continually find that your passion carries you and that life matters more daily. Start to take imperfect action on those desires, dreams, and goals, and watch how much you'll grow. So if you want to be successful, practice having the mindset of intentionality. Tune in to the Dominate Your Market podcast as Joshua Miller shares what leaders should shift their focus on with the current problems in the industry. Understand how the law of intentionality will create a path towards a successful life. Welcome to the Dominate Your Market podcast, where we interview leaders, CEOs, founders, and high-impact business development professionals to get their insights on how you can grow your business efficiently, build an amazing company, and still have a life. Today's guest is Joshua Miller, who is a master certified executive and personal coach who upskills Fortune 100 emerging and senior leaders' mindsets, skill sets, and performance, which I love the performance, so they can lead with purpose. He's also an impressive thought leader on the topic of leadership on LinkedIn. I would strongly recommend any of you following him over there. Welcome to the show, Joshua. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I know the people tuning in don't know that we've been talking for a little bit beforehand. So it's kind of like we've warmed up the conversation, but uh, super grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, let's 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 jump into it. Yeah, we're kindred souls, so I, I can't <clears throat> wait for this. But uh, give, for our listeners, give, uh, give the listeners kind of your background, where you came sure. from and how you yeah. got to where you're at. Yeah. So I, what's interesting is that I don't actually share a lot of my private life uh, publicly. So I will, I will divulge a bit. Um, I'm born and raised in New York City, uh, which I'm very much proud of. Spent the first uh, 40 years of my life growing up in Manhattan. Yeah. It's, it's I, that right there is just <clears throat> like four colleges and masters and thesis and whatever. Um, but I actually started off my career in, in advertising. And if people have read my book, they'll know that. And, and I, my parents were both artists, uh, very successful in their own right. True story. So my uncle was um, college roommates with Andy Warhol, and Whoa. Andy Warhol, <laughs> Andy Warhol babysat uh, twice. My brother and I, incredible, uh, just kind of nuts. And um, uh, my parents designed the first Sesame Street book ever, which is super proud of. My dad and my mother designed a uh, Jiffy peanut butter. The, this is old school, but it's actually come back. Jiffy Peanutbutter and did a whole campaign with Jimmy Carter. Um, and and then my mother, ironically, grew up right next door to um, Mr. Rogers. Oh, it's no just way. Some random facts. Yeah. But creativity has been in my blood. And so I grew up uh, and I went into advertising and um, I had a really strong five or six, maybe seven years in advertising. Um, that's what I knew. That's what I went to school for. Um, what a lot of people don't know, and I have write about it sometimes though, is that uh, I lost my father to cancer, uh, oh, my absolutely. senior year in college. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. was really the most life-changing experience. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I think what I didn't realize then is that that was the precipitous of me starting to think more about what is my purpose in life and what do I really want to do in my life? But I had a really successful career, a short career, but successful career in advertising, worked my way up. It was kind of my grieving process to a VP status at the largest global advertising agency. And at the age of 25, had a quarter life crisis and realized I was depressed and miserable. And I did not know what to do. And I wrote about this in my book, but the short version is, is I was introduced to coaching. I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, it wasn't very popular at the time. This is back in like 1999. Um, and I gravitated to it really quickly. I realized 
this is what I'm meant to do. And what I didn't realize at the time, and I know now, is that what I didn't like about advertising is the culture. It was toxic. It was backstabbing, right? I love developing people. I love being in front of clients, but I just dislike the culture. Um, and coaching saved me. It, it was who I was meant to be. It's what, who I am. And so fast forward, I left a lucrative uh, advertising career behind, started my own coaching pr uh, practice, coaching one-on-one. -on -one. And then that over 23 years uh, matriculated into group coaching and team coaching and team development and workshops and public speaking and so mm. on and so forth. So I owe, and I'm still very creative. Like, I mean, I, I think being a coach is one of the most creative, developing people is one of the most creative uh, jobs you can have on the planet. So, um, yeah, I'm married. I have two amazing boys. Um, my wife is, uh, from Argentina originally and we met oh, in nice. New York. Yeah. We met in New York. She, she, she moved to Brooklyn when she was a 10. And I, I say that because we are a huge football, not football, football, uh, family in, in our house. <laughs> so of course, when Argentina won the world cup, that was a big oh, deal wow. in our entire, our entire atmosphere ethos. But yeah, I mean that's just. I live in Austin, Texas now, and uh, great city. I was in California for a long time. Yeah, and um, I just feel blessed, honestly, Michael. I feel really blessed. You know, it, I think part of it is when you get to a certain age in your life. You know, you you hear people talk about this, right? Your twenties, you're just hustling and grinding. I'm going to use words that I don't care for personally, but <laughs> you know, ten x this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, you get to your thirties, you know, you start. You should start to settle down. You should start to like you know, even out and figure out, okay, what do I, what do I want to do or, or find your, your, your kind of rhythm, your lane personally, professionally, when you hit your forties. And what's interesting, Michael, is a lot of people don't know how old I am. Uh, I think sometimes people just look at me and they're like, oh, you, you're young looking, whatever. But when you, when you hit your forties, I really do believe that's when you start to hit your stride. I can't wait to 50, but like 40 so far has been amazing because you really get to enjoy the, the, the benefits of what you've, what you've worked on your whole life. Yeah. And as a coach, and I know you know this working with leaders, you know, you you draw on your your wisdom from your, your experiences, right? So it's just it's common sense that the longer experience you've had, the more you can draw from. So anyway, that's kind of a, a quick nutshell. And I'm very sarcastic. That's something that a lot of people will not know unless they have an off-the-cuff conversation with me. But um, but I love developing people. I, I just think that it is it's my purpose, it's my passion, it's who I am. Well, you can, you can see it. I mean, even on your website, because I checked out your website and even on your LinkedIn, you, it's just, it's prevalent that you've got that passion, right? You can just see it in your, in your messaging, you're consistent, your brand, um, you know, and I really, yeah, when I came across that, I was really impressed, you know, that was, Thank you. I don't know when, six, maybe six months ago or so. I, I really didn't hit LinkedIn hard until about three months ago. Yeah. Uh, really like kind of said, I'm going yeah. all in with LinkedIn, but sure. I will tell you on the wisdom things real quick before I ask some yeah. questions for you. Please. I turned 60 in four month, five months. When's and, your birthday? Uh, August, I guess more, August 31st, 1963. No, no. Well, you didn't have to August say 31st. August, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I don't know why I told you the year. But, yeah, that's uh, fine. Well, you no, told no, the now, but yeah. Well, it just, it goes back to that wisdom thing, right? Where yeah. for me, I'm divorced. My kids are yeah. grown. Sure. And I want to travel, dude. That's yeah. my, I just got back from a 17 day trip to Thailand about wow. a month ago. And it was, it changed my life. It That's literally amazing. changed everything. So, so for me, the coaching has to fit my life. It has to, yeah. it, you know what I mean? Where a lot of people sure. they're in it for the other side of it. Yeah. I'm in it for, I love what I do and I, I'm going to do it for a long time, yeah. but it has to fit my lifestyle for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so let's get into this. So with the great resignation, 
quiet quitting, huh. people, all the crazy stuff going on out there right now. Yeah. What do you think leaders should focus on right now? And I'm hoping you go a little deeper because all the leadership people on LinkedIn, there's lots of great ones, by the way. Yeah. God bless all of them. Yeah. But just They all kind of say the same thing over and over and over again. But what what should leaders be focusing on with all this crazy stuff going on right now? You know, it's a great question. I get asked this a lot and I'm thinking. I'm thinking because I don't I don't want to give the same answer I always give, but where my brain naturally gravitates to. So I'll first start with where I'm not going to go. I'm not going to talk about resilience and innovation and creativity and 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 remote leadership. I'm actually going to talk about mental health. I am going to talk about mental health because huge. And and I know you'll appreciate this as a coach. One's ability, human beings' ability to empathize or sympathize, right? Two words, empathy. We talk about emotional intelligence, all this stuff all the time. The capacity for which someone can be there for somebody else is predicated on how much they can be there for themselves, right? So leaders really need to be taking care of their own mental health and well-being right now. To think that we are out of the woods and that, okay, well, you know, there's some stability, you know, it's it, it's very misleading because companies are getting laying off people by the droves and yet unemployment is low, you know, 60 year low, right? There's a disconnect there, whichever story or narrative you want to believe. The point is people are still very uneasy about work. People are being forced to go back in. Managers, people, leaders, and leaders in general have to know how to navigate these conversations. It's about heart versus head. And this is a mental health wellness conversation. I think leaders in general, there's two different kinds of spectrum. Like one in the spectrum is they don't care and they're just trying to drive revenue and get people to do their work. And we know that that doesn't work. It's command and control. And then there's the people who are really trying to work on themselves, whether it's with a coach, it's with a therapist, it's with both, right? Um, and figure out how to prioritize their well being. I mean, just think about it. If you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of somebody else? If they're not prioritizing their own mental health and wellness, it's gonna it's gonna trickle down to the to the culture that they're creating. And employees are smart. The days of where leaders think that, like, hey, we can do whatever we want up here in the ivory tower, that's mm-hmm. gone. Go that on. was dismantled in 2019. So my answer is mental health and wellness and well-being. I really I can't stress that enough. I am such a huge advocate uh, to my clients and for myself. Take care of your well-being. Get yep. your sleep. I'm not going to say how many hours. I, don't, I personally don't care. Everyone's yeah. different, right? And I, I've had sleep problems my whole life, borderline sleep apnea. So I'm very aware of like the importance of sleep. Dieting, right? Because we know if you're stressed, you're going to go for the, the quick carbs and sugar. Um, exercise, right? Um, and then whatever you need to do around your mind, body, and spirit, whatever that looks like. So that's my answer. I, I think it's a great question. Good answer. It's a good, it's a good answer. You know, it's interesting because in a previous life, I was a private fitness trainer. When I retired from track and field, um, I started fitness training and I never did it in the gym. I was training male CEOs in their home back in the late eighties. Yeah. Late eighties. Right. And so I would go into a home of a guy that was worth $60 million personally, Yeah, 60 million bucks. He'd open his 12 foot door. Yeah. You know, the big, huge door. I'd come in. He was a physical mess, an emotional mess. His marriage was broken or he was yeah. divorced. Yeah. This, and these guys, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. They were written up on the front page of the Oregonian newspaper up there yeah. as these heroes. And I yeah. would go into their private homes and I was like, what is going on? And it was 
across, Josh, it was across know, the board. Across the board. All I, of them. I, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I, I, I have Crazy. clients who are high, wealthy, net worth, the 1%. Yep. Yep. And, and what I tell individuals all mm. the time, the commonality between human beings, there's, it's, it's so, um, there's so many. It doesn't matter if you're Jeff Bezos. This is, I get triggered. I shouldn't even said his name because, you know, we were talking about LinkedIn before, but, you know, when people put down these posts of like, here are the three, you know, Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, yeah, Jeff yeah. Bezos, and they put these people on pedestals who are a mess. They didn't do anything on their own. Elon Musk, you know, definitely somewhere on the spectrum, uh, which is fine, but like the way he handles himself, maybe not so fine. My right. point is, Everybody is dealing with the same things. As a coach, I foundationally, there's four quadrants of life we all are challenged with. Our wellness, mind, body, and spirit. Our career, our finances, and our relationship to self and others. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you live, how much money you make, what your race, religion is, how you identify. Those four areas are where you're going to be challenged in life. That's it. So to your point... You know, back in the 80s, 12-foot door before Tonal and all these other machines, right? Oh, yeah. What do you, and in fact, you don't have any of those other machines to like almost, uh, no. you know, distract no. you. It's like, hey, come into my life. Literally, here's my garbage. Here's my, here's my bags. Oh, yeah. Here's the oh, stuff, yeah. right? And you've got you've to work through that stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's so interesting that I've come full circle to working with CEOs again yeah. on kind of the personal development business side, right? From sure. the, the fitness side. But I do implement fitness and nutrition and well, all of that because- if yeah. they don't have that, they have nothing. So let me ask, along yeah. the same lines with self-care, why do you think CEOs and leaders put it so down on the priority list? Why do you think they do that? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's a good question. I think, first of all, because it's not widely talked about as a must-have. It's more of a nice-to-have, similar to how a lot of organizations sometimes look at DEI. It's a check-the-box. It's not... So it's more reactive, right? Uh, so we know it's like a fight or flight. Like, oh God, wait, we, we're not handling wellness. I also think a lot of CEOs who've had the privilege to work in organizations or companies in industries where they've had so much money, they throw perks at oh, this yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, oh, right? Yeah. And, the memberships and, and, and all that. The memberships and all this yeah. other stuff. That's not the kind of support people need. Now, yeah. rightfully so, other companies will say, hey, we have a hotline, it's anonymous. And I applaud all the companies that have that. Um, yep. Now, some of it is because they have to legally, but others promote it. Like in their weekly newsletters, their town halls, they say, hey, if you've got things going on, you don't want to talk to your manager or HR, go contact this third party. Awesome. You know, yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think part of it is that. And I think part of it is just that leaders in general, depending on how we define leaders, they have not been conditioned to prioritize like wellness and mental health as something that is part of performance and productivity. It's more seen as like, oh, in case you're burned out from overworking, let's, you know, here's a resource. In case. Yeah, it's in case or in order yeah, yeah. to or yeah. have to. It's, it's, it's kind of like how um, uh, in some ways coaches have sadly in some organizations are seen as a, um, you know, it's, it's not a, for career development, it's performance, right? Hey, you did something bad and we got to get you a coach. It shouldn't be like that necessarily. Right. And I think mental health is having this moment where, Hey, people need to really put prioritize this. So I think leaders in general have just like, no one's told me. I didn't know. Yeah. And some of them lean in too much into the, I didn't know, sorry. 
Yeah. Others are like, right. oh, wow. Okay. Let me go pick up the book, Crucial Conversations, and let me figure out how to actually engage. I also think, and I'm just going to say it, there are a lot of leaders, male leaders who identify as males, um, who are just very alpha. Oh, yeah. Very oh driven. yeah. That's my uh, clients. Yeah I, yeah. I cannot show any weakness. I will not show humility or empathy because for fear of, and we both know that that's just ego. Yeah. It doesn't ride. It doesn't work. Right. And, and the people that, you know, report into these individuals, and it's not just men, it's just in general, it, it, the sustainability of followership is, is not there. It yeah, will, just won't be right. Um, you know, so yeah, that's my answer. It's a great question. Yeah, that, yeah that's awesome. Um, one thing I noticed you talk about a lot, and um, we're kindred souls again on this topic. Yeah, mindset. Yeah, I'm huge on mindset. I have been for 30 years of my life. I've read oh, me. Yeah. 500 personal development books, all of this yeah. stuff. But with that being said, yeah. what do you think um, a good leader? What kind of a mindset does a, a good leader have? Yeah, because um, I, I think they're going to want to hear it because I think sure. a lot of them, like you said, a lot of the men may become a, so, some of them will come across alpha, but they're really not truly alpha. They're really no. not. But the, the bravado, the yeah. all of that chest pounding, it's not really a true no. alpha, right? But no. but what what what's the mindset of a really good <clears throat> leader, male or female? By the way, we're not yeah. we're not talking no, about no. male here. Sure, everyone I've worked with who identify as male, female, or other. The common thread to their successes has been their mindset. What do I mean personally, Joshua Miller? I use the word intentionality and I will use the law of intentionality. And I want to be clear. I'm not talking about um, creating vision boards, putting them under your pillow and having good thoughts. And then in the morning, waking (laughs) up thinking that, oh my God, things are going to be better. This is about being intentional. This is about having a vision and a focus And then you could call it mind mapping, or you can call it a mantra, but it is about visualizing and speaking into existence what you want. Love that. Look at any successful person from Tom Brady, Phil Jackson, all the athletes, even singers, right? Um, All over the world. They have all subscribed to this kind of mindset, which is being intentional. Right. So if you want to double click or unpack that, one of the things I work on with my clients um, is around how they speak, how they speak about themselves to themselves. First and foremost, there is what I call bankrupt language. And I put my clients on a vocabulary diet. There are certain phrases and words. And I think you and I have talked about this before. You cannot use if you use them with me. We will not work together. And I'm really strict about it, right? It's like a boot camp for that. And you know, one of my favorite expressions I I, I often I love say that. Is, is sometimes the weight we need to lose is not on our body. Right. I think that's one of the yeah, it's 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 emotionally, it's mentally. So law of intentionality. I am a huge believer in this, right? So I, I often get asked on, on interviews, you know, what's your morning routine? And and I, you know, that's a whole other conversation. And but I have a mantra. I have a very specific uh, kind of intentional mantra that I I speak into existence every morning is literally the first thing that I do. I wake up, I look at it, and I I cite I recite it or cite it, and I don't do it ten times or five times. I am telling you, it's already we're Hmm. February sixth, and two of the things, maybe three of the things that are already on there, already come into play. But let me be clear to the people listening in: this is not just writing it down and speaking it. Actions, right? One of the things oh, I know you know this. Oh, yeah. People like to fall heavy on, hey, I am brilliant with my insights. Well, okay, that's great. Where what is are you the doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's the goodwill hunting effect, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't 
I don't want to know so much about your insights. I want to know what you've done with them and why you're, why you haven't done anything with them. Right. And as a coach, you know, this, right. That's our job is to get curious. So yeah, I mean, law of intentionality is, is where I go around mindset. Uh, I'm a big believer. I know there's 48 laws, but like law of intentionality is a big one. I think that's incredible because that intentionality, that also kind of holds people accountable, right? That kind of- 100%. And, and I think as leaders, I think, you know, one thing I've seen with all the clients I've worked with, even back in the tr- personal training days, these leaders hmm. are, they feel alone. They're, they feel oh, very, yeah. very alone. Um, and people, yeah. you know, they pedalize them. They say, you're this, you're that, you're the man, you're on front page, yeah. you're the lady, whatever. But th- they feel alone. And um, I get that across the board. Right where yeah, it's isolating. That's, that's an epidemic, right? Where they, they 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 feel like they don't have anywhere to turn, and then when it goes to the mental health, it could go to the extreme, which we don't want to really talk about no. that. But it could no. go to the really bad bad part, right? Yeah, I, I think being a leader is one of the loneliest jobs, oh. um, but it doesn't have to be, right? Um, and so much of the world that we live in and culture has dictated one narrative, but then. Society and culture has dictated and shown us that there's another, right? I remember when it was all about offices, then it was about open floor plans. Now it's back to whatever. Like we're always going to have these ebbs and flows. We're always going to move through these transitions. The concepts that we coach on, you and me, Michael, and others, those are the concepts that have been around forever. We're not, oh, they're not new, right? There's nothing new here. No. Uh, mindset is not new. It's no. how you talk about it and then how you deliver it personally. Right. It's a great question. What what else? Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's okay. So um, what do you think? So along the same lines as mindset and all that. So what do you think is holding people back? What do you think? It, what's the big, the big barrier that people have that, that are kind of holding them back? You know, I, the last two or three days, I don't know if you've seen my post at all. I know you're yeah. busy over there, but I've written yeah. some pretty, pretty, pretty good posts the last couple of days. And I really get into the, the narrative. I'm getting yeah. into really deeper into the mindset. Sure. Sort of. What do you think's holding people back, especially leaders in management? Um, what's the deal? You know, what do you think it is? It's two things. Um, it's the fear of failure, right? Um, but and the way I'd frame it up is the internal narrative that they have is one of I'm not good enough, which is something we all, myself included. Oh, same here. Boy, every yeah. single day, I will be triggered, I will be challenged by the universe or somebody of why I am not a fraud. Imposter syndrome. 100%, right? So you asked a great question. That's my answer. I think that um, people are afraid of succeeding because, oh my God, if I do it and I succeed, now what, right? Or I'm afraid of failure, right? Which is the imposter syndrome. So it's 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 like uh, driving in forward and reverse at the same time. It's analysis paralysis. And as a coach, our jobs are to identify you know, what are those blind spots and help them work through the fear. Fear can be motivating or it can be paralyzing. And so it will stop you in your tracks or it will move you forward. It's just that is that is what happens. So um, that's my answer. It's a great question. You, you know, I would definitely refer to it as emotional pain, right? Sure. To, to yeah. that point, take it to a deeper level of like, it, yeah. it's emotional pain. Well, the impact. So one of the things that I, I, I like working with clients on is when we identify what that blind spot is or what that trigger is, there is a cost on you, right? It costs you something. And then there's an impact over there. Those are two sides of the same coin that must be identified. Otherwise you're missing out, right? Because as human beings, we don't want to internalize in that positive, like, Hey, I want to work on myself. 
Because if we did, then we'd all be out of business and you know this industry <laughs> would be bankrupt. Yeah. So it's easier to deny and deflect. Yeah. But then you're not transforming. You're not doing the work, right? And that's where we come in as these mirrors to reflect back to them. So yeah, I mean, look, imposter syndrome is something I oh boy, I won't say ironically, but it's something that I've noticed with my clients in the last couple of years, probably since the pandemic has has there's been an uptick in that in terms of thematic coaching. Um, and I understand why, because the shift on how we work and who we are and how we identify has changed so radically. It's been disrupted that people are trying to find their footing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, and we're wrapping up here, but so well, t- I, tell our I, listeners, tell our listeners like w- what's going on with you in 2023. Yeah. I mean, you know, I follow yeah. you on LinkedIn. Yeah. I, see, I see all these quippy little cool little quotes that you put in there. It's clean, yeah. simple. To, you got this door theme going now, which I really, I dig that. So but you put these things today, on, on these different doors. Yeah, well, I'm kind of digging that. That's kind of that, cool. That's something that I was. That was something I had done a long time ago, and I, cool. I kind of come back every once in a while. Um, I like to stay consistent with my brand. Um, what am I up to? So I will share this with you and the viewers. My theme. So when I work with my clients, we have to have a theme. What is your theme for the year? Right. We work on this in December, and this is about intentionality. This is about mindset. Right? What do you want the theme of the year? It's, it's a very kind of existential question. My theme is red carpet. So what does that mean? For me, it means a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to be putting myself out there more than I have in the last year or two, doing awesome uh, podcast interviews like yours, Michael. So thank you for the invitation. Um, I'm also working on a TV show, which is something... What? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, so that's not something I've shared at all to anyone except to maybe three or four people. So I'm putting it out there. Uh, hopefully knock on wood, it will go into production and air in 2024. So stay tuned for that. Um, wow. and I'm going to double down on my LinkedIn, of course, you know, um, I know that I can reach and help honestly millions, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And I, I love that. So definitely see more of a presence there. Uh, definitely traveling, traveling. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, that is huge. The last couple of years I've been able to travel, um, probably do some upskilling myself. Like I'm a book nerd, um, but I also want to get some certifications and some new different kinds of tools and assessments. It's been a while and I, I love that there's some great stuff out there. Um, and just continue to prioritize, you know, being upfront and center with my family and myself. So the red carpet is the theme. That's I'm cool. going that's to be cool. Yeah, that's that's me. No, that, 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 that's awesome. Okay, so for people that want to find out about you, give us your contact information, websites, whatever you want to give. Yeah, so I mean, the easiest way to find me is joshhmiller.com. Josh H. Miller. You got to add the H and I'll tell your viewers why. Because there's a person in- There's another in, Josh Miller. <laughs> there is an individual who lives, I will not say where, Oh. That owns that owns the URL, the domain name of Josh Miller. And so, and I've tried to buy it for years, thousands of dollars, will not sell it, does nothing. Oh, that sucks. So Josh H. Miller, don't forget the middle age. Um, that's the easiest way. You can find out more about me uh, if you want to read my book, um, my speaking, my blog, just reach out to me. You want to set up a discovery call to learn more. Uh, that's the easiest way. Or on LinkedIn, if you're on LinkedIn, by all means, um, follow me there. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely tell everybody that's listening to follow you on LinkedIn because your content is it's phenomenal. It's very, very good. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate well, that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. 
You've just listened to the Dominate Your Market podcast with CEO business consultant and author, Michael Peterson. Growth-minded CEOs hire Michael to explode their revenues, build an amazing company, and create a transformational mindset that encapsulates growth, success, and ultimately, happiness. His book, Dominate Your Market, is creating quite a stir in the marketplace. Go to dominateyourmarketbook.com and get your first chapter free.